This episode is just a quickly thrown together hot take on the idea of railroading and player agency and when you can, when it's okay to put story in front of player agency. So it's interesting. So if I'm playing, so let me define my, what I think railroading is. Because again, this is one of those terms I just called into Joe Richter's podcast and we talked about terms and how they're not very useful using these words to describe things as opposed to just describing the thing. And Collins talked about this before on the Spike Pit RPG podcast. But so when I say railroading, what I mean is a situation where the player wants to do something that normally they'd be able to do and the GM won't let them do it because it interferes with the GM's plans. So that is railroading to me. I Having... You know, starting the game in a tavern with a patron giving you an admission isn't railroading. But if you come up to a hallway and there's a left and right, you know, door and you go, I'm going to go in the left door and GM's like, nope, you can't. You have to go to the right door. You're like, well, I'm going to chop the left door down. Nope, it's impervious to your axe. You can't go through it. Okay, I'm going to cut through the wall. Nope, you can't do it. No matter what you do, you you can't get through that door. Your only option is go through the right door. Well, that's railroading to me. Okay. So I bring that up because it, <laughs> and this, I know this episode is going to be misconstrued. It's going to be taken the wrong way, which is a little frustrating, but I still want to get these ideas out there. So I, I'm going to put a warning now and I'll put a warning at the end. This is in no way an attack on Andy Goodman. This is no way me criticizing the way he does games, but in his most recent episode, episode 306, Rotten Tomatoes of the Grizzly Peaks podcast, or I'm sorry, Expedition Grizzly Peaks podcast, he has an example in there that I think is a great example of where a GM has a story they want to tell. And so they override player agency to facilitate telling that story. And so I'm going to play an excerpt of that. I, I highly recommend you go listen to all of episode 306 of Expedition Grizzly Peaks, so you have the entire context. But I'm not, but understand, I'm not talking about Andy's game in particular. I'm using this as an example of the kind of thing I'm talking about because it was so handy. Um, and and again, I, I'm not criticizing Andy. I'm not criticizing his players. I'm not saying he was wrong to do what he did. I think it's a style, and I think there are times it's acceptable. So let me throw that out there. But I'm again. I'm only playing his because I think it's a good example of what I what I'm talking about, and, and I am taking it. Like I say, I do recommend you go listen to his podcast so you get the entire context and you get everything out of that, right? So, so let, I just want to make sure it's clear I'm not attacking Andy. So, to me, there are times maybe it's okay. You know, if you're at a convention game or you're doing a one shot and your players have bought into whatever the idea is, right? So, recently I played a game with Carl Rodriguez. Carl was a GM. And this was a game on a train. And none of us tried to jump off the train. But if we had wanted to exit the train, which, you know, was in motion, but if we had decided to leave the train during the game, you know, and this is designed as a convention game or one-shot. So if he had said, well, you, you know, hey guys, you, you signed on for a train adventure. Listen, if you hop off the train then that character's just going to be out of the game because I'm not set up to, to run that. You know, all I'm prepared for is this train adventure and solving this mystery on the train. 
And it, so I think there's certain player buy-in that, yeah, we agreed to play at a venture on a train. We're not going to intentionally hop off the train at the beginning of the game and try to go do something else, right? So, so I, I don't think that is – I think in that situation, taking away their agency and saying, listen, you're stuck on the train – I think that's okay. I, I really do. So there are times I think these things are okay. And in Andy's game, it may be this was totally okay, which is why I want to, why I put that preference out or that preface out there saying that, hey, I'm not criticizing this, but, but if you listen to it, you'll hear where story trumps player agency in Andy's account. And, and that's what I want to talk about is when story trumps player agency. So let's listen to Andy's account here. And you'll hear the point where player agency is squashed like a ripe grape. So let's listen to that. And we've been planning this thing for ages, actually. It was quite interesting because out of nowhere, really, um, player Bert, who's never played an RPG before, he starts introducing this thing, this kind of really important object of his. But he wouldn't tell anyone, me included, <laughs> what this thing was. It was just something like something inside a package. It was soft. It was made of cloth. Um, no one ever got more than a little glimpse of it. And then he told me what it was. And... I was like, holy shit, that's pretty amazing. I mean, we all thought he was cross-dressing or something. I don't know. Or, or he had a fetish for women's hunties. Or, I don't know. I don't know what we were thinking. Uh, I think we were all thinking things that they were... And um, turns out to be something much, much darker than that, and much, much better than that. And, um, and so he told me this whole, the whole backstory for that stuff. Like, that's amazing. We have to bring that in somehow. And, and we tried to, or we did. And, one of the, and, one of the, and we didn't tell the other players. And this thing that he'd kept secret for so long, we, we engineered a situation where one of the players was meant to get a glimpse of it, one of the characters, uh, Gwen. But Kiara playing Gwen was so freaked out by this. She said, I'm not looking, I'm, looking, I'm, not looking, I'm running away. And this totally screwed up our, our plan. It was like, and I had to sort of intervene and say, no, no, sorry, no, you can't. You've already seen it. You can't just pretend you haven't seen it. And she said, that's not fair. That's not fair. And, and got really angry, I think, about it. Well, not angry, but kind of upset because she felt she had transgressed. And actually, I think what she also thought, which I, which I was a bit disappointed by, was that I was like forcing it on, on Jack as well, on Bert. Um, and I had, to, I had to stop the game and say, look, no, 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 wait, guys, we've planned this all out. Me, me and Bert, this is what we want, wanted to happen. You know, we wanted someone to see this thing. It was important. Oh, so it was a bit of a mess. <laughs> that actually started to, I, I think that was one of the triggers for all of the tension, a lot of the tensions we've been having recently. That was clumsy and heavy handed. And, and looking back on it, I should have done it in a really different way because I, I actually gave her the opportunity to look away and then I had to wreck on it. I said, you know, you're, the door's opening. You see Jack opening the package, his, his package. And she says, oh, I closed the door and I ran away. And I said, no, 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 uh, you can't. You can't. She said, what? Well, I can't. And yeah, it got a bit rough because <laughs> I was going to say, oh, no, he's already wearing it. I had to wreck on a bunch of stuff because it was important that she saw it because we were planting a seed for something that was going to happen. Oh. Anyway, anyway, then last night that seed flourished. It flowered into. And then Andy went on to describe what happened next. And again, I, I recommend you go listen to episode 306, Rotten Tomatoes, of the Expedition of Grizzly Peaks podcast. It's a very, you know, interesting narrative that the player and the GM have contrived there. And not the player that was denied their agency, but the other player. And and so, and, and there's some, you know, a lot of emotional role-playing and things going on there. Um, so I do recommend it's that episode is worth checking out, but... Again, I want to stress that what they were doing there was their own thing, and it's not necessarily good or bad. It was just an example that I was able to pull. So it's very important for me to stress once again, I'm not criticizing Andy. Um, so that said, to me, that player that opened the door and he's like, nope, you can't shut the door, or, you know, you, you, you can't not look, you have to see this because it's important for something coming later. You know, we set this up way in advance, and now here's the payoff, and you're not going to ruin the payoff by your silly player agency, right? 
And again, I'm not against that in some games. I mentioned the railroad game. So to me, I don't know. I, I guess my problem is I, I feel more comfortable with taking away player agency in situations like that in one-shots and in convention games than I do in long-term campaigns. I think in a, a long-term campaign, I have more of a problem with it. And I'm not really sure why that is, to be honest with you. Because ultimately, this helped a player tell a story that player wanted to tell. So, you know, you're you're squashing one player agency a little bit to help another player take the spotlight and tell a story that was important to them. And if you're in a group where everybody gets equal spotlight, then it's important for that player to get that spotlight. And if they needed this to happen for their spotlight, then, you know, maybe it's totally okay. So, again, I'm not criticizing what they did. It's not how I I would run a game. It's not how I play games, but I'm different. I don't run scripted things typically. I'll set up a scenario, and then I won't... These days, I don't decide how a scenario ends. I won't figure out a solution to a problem, right? I will let the players just run with it. You know, I think it's important to, to set up a, set up whatever the tension is going to be, or if you do an open world, you set up three or four t- possible tension points and the players stumble across one and go with it, right? But if you know the, the lay of the land and you know the NPCs and you know their personalities and you know how they tend to react to things, then you can improvise what they're going to do. But that's not how Andy's running it, and that's not what Andy's doing. So because he's running a different game style than me, I can't criticize his game. And I don't want to criticize his game. But I, I, I wonder, and I'm curious on other people's takes here. You, you know, when is taking away player agency okay? Is there a difference between a convention game or a one-shot that everybody's bought in? Hey, you all know you're on the spaceship without escape pods, so you know you don't have the option to get off, or, you know, you're on the train, you agreed to run a train adventure, so don't try to get off the train at the beginning of the game. You know, I, th- I think that's a fair ask. And if you're playing a game where it's important and the GM's, you know, you guys have talked ahead of time, the GM's, even a campaign, a long campaign, and the GM's like, listen, you know, so some sessions we're going to concentrate on specific characters, guys. You, you know, everybody's going to get their time in the spotlight. Everybody's going to get the chance to do things. But because this is a long-running campaign, you know, some games were going to kind of be more player A's story, and some games are going to be more player B's story, and some are going to be player C's story. And if, if that's the case, is it okay to squash player A's player agency to tell player C's story? I don't know. If, if you're telling a scripted story then maybe it is. You, you know, and that's a and and if you and your group have bought into that and the players are on board with that, I think that's totally cool and there's nothing wrong with it. As long as everybody at the table is having fun, they're enjoying themselves and they're getting something out of the experience, then it's a good session and it's not wrong. It's not wrong bad fun. At the point where hold on one second. Sorry, I had a quick dog break there. It's too early in the morning here to have the dogs barking at each other. Tiger, get out of that. Come on, go. The other thing we've noticed with Tiger is he's a digger, which is something we got to keep on top of because I don't need holes in my yard. But that's neither here nor there. So we're talking about when it's okay. So 
I don't know. If, if you have a scripted... And scripted story sounds unfair, right? But if you have certain plot points you have to hit in your game... And there are a lot of games that do this. There are a lot of games that have things in the background in the world that, you know, where the GM has set up a timetable and these things in the world are going to happen unless the players specifically stop them from happening. So if you ignore certain clues, you you know, certain things are going to happen on a schedule. But if you intervene, then they might not, right? And I think that's totally cool, and I think that's a great way to run a game, to be honest. I, I don't see any issue with that. So there are times that having plot points, you know, are, are in my wheelhouse too. But I wonder, yeah, I, I wonder at the point of taking away player agency to let those plot points happen. I'm curious. Now, and, and let's be fair here, because I'm kind of making a mountain out of a molehill, okay? I'm kind of making this bigger than it is, because how much of that player agency was really taken when he said, no, you can't shut the door, you must look. How, how much of her agency was really taken? I, I mean, from Andy's own admission, she was a little bit upset about it and it caused some tension. So obviously it did, you, you know, there were some, some things going on there. But again, I, I highly recommend you listen to that whole episode. Don't listen to that little clip and make judgments on Andy or his players. That's not fair to them. But, so I don't know. I think, I think you need to set up ahead of time. I think if you set up ahead of time, and say, listen, guys, you, you the GM talking to your players. Listen, guys, there are times to tell the story. We're going to, you know, I might have to override your decision and, and say you have to do this. And we can all agree whether that's something we enjoy or not. But if that's something, or we can agree to disagree on how we feel about that. But if the GM and the players agree to that, that, yeah, that's okay, then there's nothing wrong with it. It's totally okay. It's like dice. It's like fudging dice rolls. If the players are okay with the GM fudging dice rolls, then, you know, I mean, yeah, I, he has to leave my GM union because he's violated the, the charter, but that doesn't mean that he's a bad GM for those players that will let him do it, right? So, you, you know, what happens at your table stays at your table. You know, it's kind of like the Las Vegas thing. That's not true. Okay, don't miss... I'm sorry, that was a bad thing to say. Don't misconstrue that. I meant things like fudging roles or taking away player agency. I'm not talking about any kind of lewd conduct or any kind of, um, you, you know, unwanted advances or any kind of misconduct, right? At no time ever is it okay for any GM or player to make other players feel uncomfortable. It's okay to make them, in a horror game, to, to make them feel uncomfortable and squeamish. It's never okay to make them feel uncomfortable you know, in a sexual way or to harass them or yada, yada, yada. I shouldn't have to put this disclaimer in here, but I am because, you know, people are stupid these days. You, my listeners, are not stupid, but somebody might tune in for the first time and say, well, this guy's saying it's okay to sexually harass people at their table. I can't imagine that because, you know, it's not like I get a lot of new influx of listeners, and I don't think any of my old listeners would think that. But I'm throwing it out there because... Hey, everybody puts disclaimers in these days. But anyhow, back to the point. I think the, I think the important part is that the players know ahead of time that there are certain things. Tiger, stop. There are certain things that the GM, if the GM is going to override player agency, I think the players need to know that before the game starts. I think if they know that ahead of time, it would eliminate the tension when they do it. 
or eliminate some of the tension when they do it. And I, I do think there are certain times it's okay for player agency to be curtailed. For me, my comfort zone for that is one-shots, convention games. I mean, if you're playing like, hey, we're going to play a four-session Call of Cthulhu game, yeah, that would fall in that category for me, right? But if we're starting a new campaign that might last a year and we don't have predefined, you know, like a real time limit in there and it's more of an open world kind of thing, or then I have a bigger problem with having player agency taken away. But I'm curious in your take. So please give me a call if you haven't tuned out and either use the Anchor app or you can email me at nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. You can attach a sound audio file to that. You can just send me an email. You can send me an audio file on Discord. You can, you know, however you want to reach me. Um, you, you can send, you can call me on the phone, you know, it's 555-1212. You know, leave, you can leave as long a message there as you want. Um, but yeah, let me know. And I, I'd love to get some feedback on this and, and get some people's ideas. And, and again, I'm not saying anybody's play style is bad or wrong. I'm, it was just as something it jumped out at me and, and I wanted to talk about it. So I hope you're doing well. And I, I'm going to release this as a second episode today. So I hope that doesn't screw everything up. I'm, what I'm doing is I've, I've just released episode 116. And I'm going to wait until that publishes across all the platforms that my podcast shared on. And once I see that's published on those platforms, then I'll release episode 117. So take care. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you next time.